Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Kim and Gee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and Akira's over here on the IG. Make, make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up on our other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So you have to miss them. You can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Please find Sports Zone Chicago today on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And speaking of our podcast, Second City Sports, you can subscribe to our podcast at War Media podcast that's w-a-r-r media p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s podcast we are available on all podcast platforms including that iheart radio app and speaking of war media why don't you give them a follow will you we should we should do a pre will appreciate it you can follow war media at w-a-r media on all social media platforms on facebook twitter instagram and youtube once again at w-a-r media on facebook twitter instagram and youtube and thank you very much in advance for your support like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on a podcast, fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be a lame beer boot. <laughs> we might have to give you the Jimmy Butler boot. We'll discuss that more later. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have some handheld devices laying around your iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC, your Chromebook, like I'm using. Just go to the Google Play Store, download the Roku TV app, and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. Anytime, anywhere you like. And you know we will provide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lakina, right. let's get let's get this uh, latest Monday edition of Second City Sports started by discussing our local baseball teams, the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs. Mixed results uh, from our teams over the weekend. We'll start off with my South Siders first. The White Sox are winners of five out of their last six games, and they were all played on the South Side, beating Cleveland two out of three last week, and sweeping away those pesky Kansas City Royals over the weekend. The White Sox scored. A total of ten runs in those in those two. Uh, sorry, twelve runs in those three game series. Hit two home runs. Lakina, we said this last year. I saw it over the weekend during the last two games of that series. It was it was all about the starting pitching for the Chicago White Sox in this series. They got timely hitting from rookie Romy Gonzalez. Jake Berger came up big as well. Luis Robert Jr. hit another home run yesterday, aka La Pantera. Ever since the incident he had against Tampa Bay a few weeks ago, he has started to turn it around. He's been the best player uh, on the White Sox for the month of May, in particular in all of baseball. 
Shout out to you, Brandon Schultz, uh, on the comments. Of the, I know you're talking about the Astros. We'll get to them uh, coming up in a few minutes. But uh, as far as the, going back to the White Sox are concerned, outside of two years ago when they won the division, they won the majority of the games against their uh, divisional foes. We're talking about Minnesota, Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City. This is a huge stretch for the White Sox, as many experts pin them as uh, pin them as uh, uh, playoff contenders. This was the quote unquote easy part of their schedule uh, after the Houston series. They, uh, after the Houston series dropping three or four in Kansas City a couple weeks ago, the White Sox have turned it around. As I mentioned, they won five out of the last six games all at home. Even though Cleveland Guardians are down right now, well, with a couple of guys there, including Jose Ramirez and Tristan McKenzie, the, the Cy Young candidate, ace pitcher from a year ago. The White Sox took advantage of that. And we all know about this White Sox team. When you hit home runs, they usually win. Jake Bergen, Gavin Sheets led that charge in that series. And this last past series against the Kansas City Royals has been their it was their starting pitching. Lance Lamb did the job yesterday in sixth row innings pitch. Michael Kopech had a season high 10 strikeouts on Friday, facing the minimal batters of 27 from Kansas City as the Sox won the opener. 2-0 Saturday. Lucas Giolito got out of a, a bases loaded jam early in the game. He gave up a solo home run to Salvador Perez in that opening inning on Saturday. But after that, he cruised on, uh, which helped the Sox uh, to the victory. As I mentioned, some of the role players got timely hits like Roman Gonzalez, Jake Berger, Andrew Benettini, a one-time Kansas City Royal. He had an insurance RBI run yesterday, which helped the Sox to a 5-2 victory to complete the sweep. Also, too, you got to talk about the White Sox bullpen. Aaron Bummer, he pitched well yesterday. Joe Kelly came in and actually earned a save yesterday. Looks like the White Sox bullpen is starting to turn it around. And Liam Hendricks, Lakina, I know he's he he may um, make his debut tonight in Cleveland. We'll have to see about that. We have any news about that before we get off the air today. We'll pass that along to you. But it seems like the White Sox still have a long way to go. They're still 10 games under 500. But you're starting to see the signs that that this team is supposed to perform like like they were expected to early on in the year. Okay, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. And sorry for uh, the blinking earlier, folks. But I'm going to do this, and you know, as I was you know about to talk, bravo! You you, you beat look look. You proved that you're just a little bit better than you know the you know than the Royals, which is you know you know they're in last place in your division. You did what you're supposed to do. Okay, yeah. Look, you had a, a solid start from Landslin. You had a nice start from Dylan Seas. Okay, look. You know what? All right, you won three in a row. Let's let's see if we can do this. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not at that point where I'm like, okay, are they can they win? You know, win uh, nine or ten in a row and such to get back in it. I'm not gonna say that, but because you know we you saw that they took you know, a couple of steps forward, a couple of steps back. So wake me when they actually win ten in a row and they're back over 500. Which you know could they do it? Sure, but I don't think they can. I mean, yes, everyone's starting to heat up. Yeah, Makata's been really solid. Robert's been very solid. He's Robert Jr. has been very solid, but I- I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. So, you know, I- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not there where, like, oh, they can catch up and win. Like, I know I know Minnesota had a, you know, not so good weekend against the Angels. We'll get to them in a second. But I- I'm just not there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not there with the White Sox yet. I'm sorry. You're, you're but, still, well, let me finish. But okay. you're just, you know, you're still too many games under 500. You're still about, what, seven out <clears throat> In the in the division, so you're not gonna, you're not gonna get any of the wild card spots. You know, you got the AL East will probably have all that unlocked, so you're not gonna be able to get a wild card. So you gotta win your division. So, okay, yeah, you swept the Royals, good for you, but I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. 
But you got to start somewhere, Lakina. And this team, the way they're performing right now, I'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing. I'm not going meatball on you. But you got to start somewhere. As we said last year, that starting pitching kept them in the race. It looks like that starting pitching is starting to turn around now. You wasn't impressed by Michael Kopech's performance on Friday. And look what uh, Lucas Giolito did on Saturday. Look what Lance Lea did yesterday. That look, I mean, okay, yeah, good. You did against the worst team in, in your division. Okay, yippee. You know, mm -hmm. maybe look, do that against the Rays, do that against the Yankees, do that against um, you know, Texas, like, and then look, then we'll talk. Look, it just shows you how bad that, that, that division is. So, like I said, mm -hmm. I'm not okay. You, you swept the Royals, good for you, but I'm I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you still got a long ways to go before you prove to me that you can you know get back up there in the uh in the AL Central race. Okay, that, that's fair. And like you said, their their schedule in the month of two, in June, talking about the White Sox, will get tougher. And, and we'll talk about it as, as uh, the days and weeks go along. We'll move along now to the north side as the Chicago Cubs lose two out of three to the Philadelphia Phillies. They won the series opener last Friday, 10 to 1. But Lakina, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, won in almost in last minute fashion yesterday in the series finale. They select the Cubs uh, starting pitcher in their bullpen on Saturday, scoring 10 runs. Lakina, we talked about it all year. Uh, there's uh, the Cubs are carried by their starting pitching in their defense. Their starting pitching uh, started to break over the weekend, in particular uh, on Saturday. The mm -hmm. bullpen's been trouble all year. It really got exposed the last two days in that series against Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, look, they had their chance. They, they, they still have what about like eight or nine guys on base, so they had their they had their chances to win that game yesterday and take that series, but they were able to get anybody across. I know Chris Morel is still, you know breaking records he i think he had one where i think he's like the the, the first Cubs uh pitter to have like what like three or four home runs like the first like five or six games or whatever that was i thought i saw a stat from marquee yesterday so i mean he's been one of the few bright spots him and murray's been pretty solid too this series but like you said i mean as a late i mean I, I actually was watching a little bit of that you know i was turning back and forth between that the size game the pga championship we'll get to that later mm -hmm. on but you know as a you know he gave up a couple, he gave up, uh, you know, some hits and unfortunately they were, you know, just not good. And, you know, Stav was, Stav was able to get that, you know, get that two run home run that kind of broke the game open. And then Morel, uh, tried to, you know, did what he could, but he just couldn't do anything. Like, I know, I know they, they, they they've had a lot of roster moves. They were King Thompson got sent down and a couple other guys mm -hmm. got sent down. Eric Hosmer got DFA. So you got, you wonder, well, how that will help, but you're still having some issues with that bullpen. And so, you know, still had a solid start yesterday too. He had six strikeouts, only had four hits, no earned run. So, you know, it's just that I know. Also, I know there are some folks that say that maybe David Ross should probably be. You know, maybe he should be gone too. But I'm just, yeah, it's just frustrating because I think the Cubs should be a little bit closer than when they are. But I'm not gonna sit here and say like, oh my God, this has been disappointing. You're the you're the tough part of the division. And people forget the Phillies. Yes, they haven't had a good start this year, but they actually were in the World Series. So you know, that's yeah. a pretty decent team. So I think people need to kind of just you know, Cubs kind of just you know, take a step back on that. But I'm hoping they can figure it out. I mean, they they, they can get out of this rut sooner or later. I hope, but you know, it's it's you know, you're, they're 20 and 26, which I think. Well, let's be honest. I don't know a lot of Cubs fans thought that they would be even at that point. So I think they're mm -hmm. already past expectations. They got a tough one coming up tomorrow against uh, the Mets. You know, they've been up and down, so they could perhaps maybe get a couple of games. Maybe a little bit of home cooking will help. But I don't know. I mean, I'm just a little mm, look a little. I'm just a little bit you know, a little bit unnerved right now, but. Again, look, they've had a tough part of their schedule. Like I said, they, they, you know, the last two World Series participants, you know, from last year, 
it, it went one and six. That's went a five. I should say that's, that's not good, but you know, but what can you do? Yeah, like I said, that road trip was not the best showing for the Cubs, so uh, uh, granted that. But they were, in, except for the game on Saturday, uh, I think it was another game as well in that road trip. The Cubs were in most of those games, especially mm -hmm. in that series against Houston. They could have won two out of those three games, perhaps all three, but definitely two out of those three mm -hmm. games against Houston, they, they could have won. So this is not a bad team. Now, they, are they going through a rough stretch? Absolutely. But they're not a bad team. Last year's no. team was a bad team. Uh, which uh, which they played over the heads because there was no expectations. But I believe that Cubs manager David Ross has a roster that he can go compete with now. As you mentioned, they made all those moves in the last uh, 24, 48 hours with Eric Hosman being DFA, which we all expected. And uh, Steve was uh, James Wisniewski, uh, the fifth starter who made it out of spring training. He's in the minor leagues right now. Kyle Hendricks is supposed to make his debut, I assume, later this week. He was, he's been in the minor yeah. leagues on a rehab assignment. So, it looks like things are starting to come together for, together for the Cubs, but they need to fix their bullpen. But the one of the few bright spots that you can say about the Cubs, outside of Christopher Morrell, Sam Suzuki, he threw out a runner at their base yesterday. So his defense is starting yeah. to come up along with his bat. Also, too, their offense has been on fire lately. Yep. So they, we talked about it coming to the season, Lakina, as, as this Cubs team is built on defense and pitching. Their offense is starting to turn it around. Yeah, so and I think you cannot blame it on the office. The office has actually been okay, maybe slightly above average, but above people's expectations. But office hasn't been a problem. It's been their bullpen has the been pitch. a problem. Oh, yeah, that, that, that bullpen. It's just imagine their bullpen, they actually had a good, you know, decent middle reliever in a bullpen. They probably would be mm -hmm. like up there in the uh in the central right now. So yeah, but look, I think you know, considering where they were supposed to be, I think look, I think they can still you know get into the division, make it interesting. I know the card. Well, we'll again, we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the, uh, MLB after the break. But you know, I know the Cardinals have been you know kept you know have been heating up. They took took what I think three out of four from the Dodgers mm -hmm. and stuff. But you know, they're still and Pittsburgh's been hanging on too, but they're starting to fade a little bit. I know Milwaukee's been up and down too. So yeah, it, it's there for the ticket. I think for the Cubs. So. We'll see. But yeah, I think considering where the people thought they were going to be, you know, this season, it got me feeling pretty good if you're a coach right now. Yeah. Isn't this, is this a good stretch? No, but considering, you know, everything else, you got to, you got to be feeling okay if you're a Cubs fan right now. Yeah. And like we said about the NL Central, Milwaukee will discuss them after the break, but they're not going to run away with this NL Central. St. Louis looks like they're starting to turn it around. In Pittsburgh, they're going back to uh, downward spiral. The uh, downward spiral they've been experiencing all this month of May. So, as long as the Cubs can continue just to uh, win series, uh, mm -hmm. they're going to be in this thing. Yeah, they absolutely. are. Like I said, they're they're going through tough stretches. They're going to be be in this thing. As long as they play at uh, slightly above five hundred, they're going to be in this thing. Because I don't think no one's going to run away with this NL Central title. Oh, oh no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't, I don't look. Yeah, you know, look where. I think everything else is starting to fall into place. They just need to get that bullpen. If they can just get that bullpen together, they'll be, you know, they could be right there. So we'll see what happens. All right, we're going to take a really quick break. We'll talk about all the rest of baseball. And it uh, looks like the, the Yankees might be knocking on the door, you know, with the Rays a little bit, saying hi. Uh, you know, of course, the Cardinals take three out of four from the Dodgers. And a whole lot more still. Keenan McGee, Cindy Brown coming up next to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. More baseball talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. 
These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition, right here live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. That's Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG SDK80. Once again, SDK80, that's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and Akio's going in the IG. We have 85 minutes left or so this, in this, this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. McKenna will get them up on the screen for you. 
All right, so what caught your eye in, uh, in Major League Baseball this week? Uh, you spoke about them. You mentioned them before the break, but the New York Yankees, look, look, they look like they're starting to catch fire. Uh, they had a successful road trip, taking three out of four in Toronto last week, and they swept the Ray, the pesky Cincinnati Reds. The New York Yankees are 10-3 and three in their last 13 games, averaging 6.1 run, 6 runs uh, per game. Like uh, like we mentioned last week, it looks like Aaron Judge is starting to turn things around. Uh, uh, looks like the, the other role players are starting to uh, uh, take his lead, but they just need to get that starting pitcher together. And it looks like you start to see some of those uh, signs of uh, this past weekend against Cincinnati on the road. Yeah, it's interesting that both Aaron Boom and David Bell got ejected <laughs> in, that game, <laughs> in that game yesterday. But, you know, look, that was probably the most entertaining part about that. But, look, you get out of there with a, with a sweep and then you're, you're still you're still right there. I mean, look, you're about five and a half out. But I don't think the Rays are, you know, they're starting to struggle a little bit. So they're, they're not going to run away with this division. So everybody is in it. Even, yes, even the Red Sox. I mean, we'll talk about the Orioles in a second. But and what they've been mm -hmm. up to. But, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this AL East uh, goes because you look at Baltimore for, you know, for one, you know, we talked about Baltimore the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, they swept Toronto over the weekend and, you know, that, including a, a, a really tough game uh, yesterday you where know, there was no scoring until the later on in that inning. But, you know, but look, they've got guys, you know, who can – look. we talked about Cedric Mullins. We've, you know, he's mm -hmm. kind of – like I said, he's sort of like that guy that's probably, you know – I'm not, I'm not going to say he's a front-runner for AL MVP. I think, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there's another guy in, uh, in, in Anaheim that might have something to say about that. But, you know, him and Austin Hayes and, you know, a few others. I mean, they've, they've been you know, they've been the reasons why that, you know, I think they, they need to uh, beef up their pitch a little bit. But I think they could definitely uh, challenge the Rays. And I think we'll see if they make any moves, you know, should they still be up here by the time the, uh, the trade deadline comes up. Yeah, I want to speak on Baltimore in just a minute. I got a chance to catch some of the highlights after I got home from the White Sox game yesterday. Uh, and I mentioned, too, about their starting pitcher, which was one of their Achilles heel a year ago. Uh, Dean Kramer, or who didn't get the win yesterday because the game went into extra innings, but he had seven strikeouts in five and a third innings for Baltimore. And that's what you need out of your out of your starters for Baltimore because, as I mentioned before, they had the office of talent to do. And you mentioned Cedric Mullins. He had five hits yesterday, which sparked that um, – 8-3 win in the 10th inning. Mm -hmm. You know, Also, you have Ali Rutschman, Anthony Santander, and Gunnar Henderson at, at third base. Ali Rutschman, the catcher. So uh, the Baltimore has to offer a key match with the defense to start to pitch it. And so far, they have done that. As you mentioned, they swept Toronto over the weekend. I'm worried more about Toronto. You lose three. Of, all this was at home this week, last week. Uh, you lost three or four to Yankees, and you get swept by a very good Baltimore club. I'm more worried about I know you're talking about Tampa. I know we'll get to them in a sec, but I'm worried about more about Toronto than Tampa. At least Tampa with that hot start, you knew they were going to struggle, but they have a little bit of a cushion. But Toronto doesn't have much of that right now. Yeah, and John Schneider, I mean, he's been acting very uh, off lately, so you wonder why. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> in Toronto, but again, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure they'll write the ship. That, that, that's, that, that mm -hmm. team's too good. You know, for the not to write the ship, so we'll see what happens now. Um, the Cubs' next uh, opponent, the Mets, they've won seven in a row, including um, many three out of four because they guess one of the well, one of the games was postponed, but they did sweep uh, the Guardians. I know that made Sid happy and the and Sox fans happy, but for the um, time being, know, yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, uh, Judge of Verlander, uh, Outdoor, Shane Beamer, and that you know, solid uh, in the rubber match of that that series mm -hmm. yesterday, uh, two to one. You know, there was a doubleheader sweep. Um, but yeah, I think, look, you know, Pete Alonso has been looking really good lately. Uh, 
you know, Francisco Lindor and, you know, and Beamer got into it. So that was a little bit <laughs> funny, but that was actually pretty hilarious. But yeah, they're, they're doing, they're kind of getting hot at the right time. We're talking about the Mets. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think the Mets look pretty good. I mean, like I said, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we know how the Mets are. They can get really hot and then they, you know, they stay for a few. Yeah. You know, so, you know, but we'll see. I want to see, you know, if they can keep this up. But, you know, so far, so good for the Mets. Yeah, those amazing Mets need to turn their season around. Shout out to our guy, uh, Brandon Schutz. I know he's down there in Texas. The Astros swept away the Oakland A's yesterday. Yesterday, and all those games were close games. I know Friday's game was a 5-1 winner. For yep. for the Astros, I know Jose Altuve, uh, Altuve, their shortstop, made his debut last Friday. But it was all about uh-huh. the starting pitch in the last two games of that of that series. It looks like Houston is, is starting to take off, but those Texas Rangers are they're going to be hurt from if they stay healthy. I know they have a couple of injuries right now, in particular their starter Jacob Degrom. But uh, Houston did look good over the weekend. That's what you're supposed to do against a, a bad team in Oakland. On the flip side, the Texas Rangers, they, uh, they sweep away Colorado, but those bets for Texas have been hot and hot all year long. Absolutely. So we'll see if Texas can keep up with it. I know they made some moves, you know, other than the, the wrong, they made to make some moves. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Atlanta took two out of three from Seattle. I mean, they, they were at home, so you kind of figured that that was going to mm-hmm. happen. But, you know, like I said, you know, Atlanta, you know, they got the mess. They got a little bit of a cushion right now. They're five games up still. Mm-hmm. But again, well, we'll see what happens with, with them. I mean, I think the Braves are starting to kind of, you know, they, they, I don't want to say they've been, you know, they've been kind of like coasting, but I think like they, they won two out of three against the Mariners. They won two out of three against the the, the, the Rangers. They've been consistent, you know, this week. So, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see if they can keep it up. But it, it, it's like I said, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, the, the bats, I mean, they did, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, uh, um, Jared Schuster, they only have only allowed one hit yesterday for the Braves in that rubber match. So, you know, we'll we'll see if they can keep it up, and also some of the other. The pitch has actually been pretty solid for the Braves, so we'll see if they can keep it up. Okay, breaking news right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. According to the Chicago White do, Sox, do, of course, do, do. we've thank you. <laughs> we forgot to mention this in the in the last half hour. We were discussing the White Sox and the Cubs. I uh, forgot to mention. We'll mention it now. Uh, Sox starting pitcher Mike Clevenger is on the 15 day uh, injured list. Prior to tonight's series opening at Cleveland, the White Sox we called a. Uh, Right-handed pitcher Jesse Schultz from Class AAA Charlotte, and he takes the spot of Mike Clevenger, as I mentioned, who was on the injured list. A retroactive to May 18th with a right wrist inflammation. So, uh, I, I thought there was Liam Hendricks who was going to replace uh, Clevenger on the roster. It looks like that's not going to happen. Well, could Hendricks still make his debut tonight in Cleveland? I don't know, but it looks like he's still going to get his work in. If, if Hendricks doesn't make his debut on this road trip. Because the White Sox you know, start their road trip tonight in Cleveland, then Thursday through uh, next Sunday they'll be in Detroit. If, does, if Hendricks doesn't make his debut on the road, he'll make his debut next Monday night at home against the Anaheim Angels if everything goes well. All right, we'll see. All right, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, he's look. Hendricks has been you know you know incredible through all this, so we'll mm-hmm. see if he can make his debut. And you know, like I said, we'll we'll see. I mean, the club majority, look, I saw in that last start, I mean, his you can tell his wrist was bothering him, so mm-hmm. not surprised that he ended up in the IL. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. Now going to Milwaukee for a second, uh, they lose uh, two out of three to the, the Rays, and you know they start. You, you don't want to say that they're kind of like you know, after losing two out of three to the, the Cardinals, you wonder like, are they starting to kind of, you know, fall off a little bit? So 
I think for me with 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 the with the Brewers, like I said, no one's going to run away with this division yet. Yes, even if St. Louis does come back, and we'll wait to get to St. Louis in a second, but mm-hmm. no one's going to run, run away with this division. So I think the Cubs do have a shot to kind of like make things interesting in that division. It's all about the consistency, and the inconsistency for the Brewers has been, you know, sometimes they're hitting and such. So you know, it, it's going to be, yeah, it's it's going to get, get a little bit tight there. Now they did win, you know, avoid getting swept at you know, in Tampa, which is rare. But that's one of their fourth loss. The race is fourth mm-hmm. loss at home this year, but to stop the bleeding. But yeah, I, I'm not sold on on the Brewers yet either. So like, I think it, it's really going to be a survival of the business in the NL Central. Yes, Milwaukee almost reminds me of the White Sox a, a little bit. You know, you're inconsistent at times on offense, even though White Sox have the better ta- talent or paper. But the Brewers are inconsistent at times on offense. They have the pitching, especially the starting pitching with Brandon well, Rojo and Peralta. But uh, their offense is a hit and miss at times, and, and that could come back to bite you, especially during the crucial times of the season. So, like you said, Lakina, if this uh, inconsistent offense continues, like you said, the Cubs and the Cardinals, who, who's starting to make, they're starting to make a move right now. Uh, they, they have a realistic shot in winning this NL Central. Speaking of the Cardinals, they, like I said, they they uh, went three out of four against the Dodgers. I mean, I know Contreras is starting to heat up a little bit you know, after being a doghouse initially. Look, they got the young guys to kind of do it, but like I said, I'm not sold on the Cardinals just yet. I mean, well, we'll see. I think they. They, you know, the reason why they think they're still in it is because the, the, the division is not very good in the NL Central. So mm-hmm. it is what it is with that. But, you know, again, I, I like what I've been, I've been seeing from them. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's you know, just a yeah. little, little tough. Yeah. And, and three of their four wins against the Dodgers, they scored 10 runs or more in each. And as we mentioned on our last show on Friday, which uh, the day before the, the four game series got started last Thursday night, Wilson Contreras' bat has been uh, been heating up and heating up big. I know he's not uh, the everyday catcher anymore, but uh, I know many people question that move, moving him out of the starting catcher's world. But however it happened, it looks like his bat woke up and he hasn't stopped since. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, it is just, it's going to be interesting to see if the Cardinals can keep up uh, this race. But now, like, but you know, as we're kind of closing before we get to the schedule, I think it's going to be interesting, especially with the rest of. Your baseball and everything else and looking at the divisional standings real quick uh i, I mean it, it's gonna get very a little bit you know interesting like i think i know that the diamondbacks i know they um i know they they won two out of three against the uh, the, the, the pirates who are starting to kind of you know they're starting they're definitely falling mm-hmm. off uh there but i just don't i don't think they're gonna keep up i just don't think they will but you know, let's, you know, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think, look, no one's going to run away with their respective divisions just yet. So and if you're a baseball, you got to feel, you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I know many people want to parody in baseball and you're getting it now, especially with the extra wild card spots. So, and it keeps more teams and more cities interested. And so, as we talked about with our two Chicago baseball teams and long as they stay uh, at a uh, slightly above 500, they have a chance to uh, make the playoffs. But outside of Tampa Bay's really hot start, really no one's really dominated baseball, you know, like that, you know, to so far this season. So, like I say, it's a long way to go. Like I say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you, you have to have good luck, you know, not too many bad injuries. And you got to have uh, other players step up. And so, we'll, like you say, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just want to have one quick note, Lakina, before we move on to the schedule. I did watch that game yesterday between Minnesota and Anaheim. You mm-hmm. mentioned the other candidate, a possible uh, candidate for AL MVP. That was Shohei Otani. Yesterday in six innings pitch, he struck out 
nine Twins hitters. Do I still uh, believe in the Anaheim Angels? I don't know. I know they play the White Sox here in Chicago starting next Monday on Memorial Day. But am I still believing in them? I don't know. But Shohei Atani is a really great player. He's a very good pitcher. And no, not too many people talk about this, but remember he had Tommy John surgery a few years ago? He looks like he was better than when he did when he first came into the league. Yeah. Uh, about crazy. six years ago or so. Yeah, that's crazy how that works. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. like you said, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about all that. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting if if the Angels can keep it up, if, if Otaiki keep, can keep up what he's doing. So yeah, it's going get, to get very interesting, no doubt about it. Now, going into the schedule, you know, starting today, Monday, you know, for Worlds, you're going to be uh, listening to this, uh, the playback here on. War media. Uh, you got, of course, the Sox and the Guardians. They the first game of their series starts at five ten, mm-hmm. so an early start for that. Yeah, Jimmy That's- Lambert will get the start for the White Sox in the place of and- Clemenger. Yeah, it gets Hunter guys, so that should be interesting. Uh, Texas and Pittsburgh. They start their series. We'll see if Pittsburgh can uh, stop the bleeding. Um, Arizona and Philadelphia, St. Louis and Cincy. All right, you know Toronto. You know they got to get going here after being uh, after being swept. So you know, by Baltimore, so they get another shot at an AL East rival this time against Tampa. That should be a fun one. Uh, starting their series, the you got the Dodgers and the Braves. That should be a fun series. You know, oh as, yeah, as the Dodgers continue the East Coast trip and Detroit, uh, Kansas City uh, start their series. All right, other series starting tonight and tomorrow: Detroit and Kansas City. The uh, Houston Astros at Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. The San Francisco Giants facing the Minnesota Twins. That's the Monday night game on FS1 tonight at 6.40 p.m. Central Standard Time. Other series starting tonight, uh, the Miami Marlins, who lost two out of three in San Francisco. They continue their West Coast road trip. They are in Colorado tonight. Also, you have the Boston Red Sox continuing their West Coast road trip. They'll take on the Anaheim Angels. Of course, Boston won two out of three at San Diego over the weekend. The San Diego Padres, outside the White Sox, have been one of the most disappointing teams in MLB this year. Yes. And Oakland would take on your Seattle Mariners. That's uh, tonight's schedule. Now, other series that are starting tomorrow, Tuesday, as RS goes. Uh, the New York Mets will travel here to Chicago to take on the Chicago Cubs. And and we we'll, we will have the other series. Baltimore will travel to New York to take on the big bad Yankees. And San Diego will travel to our nation's capital to face the Washington Nationals. That should be a fun series. So we'll see what happens with that. You listen to I can see sports on Sports of Chicago. Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Now let's you know, start with our uh, playoff talk. We probably can, we probably can do like maybe one conference uh, final and then we'll do the uh, the other after the break. But we'll do the one that just uh, ended um, last night. You have the Heat taking a 3-0 lead over the Celtics. Oh, you saying uh, it's over already? <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying that, but I, I, it's just like, ooh, boy. And well, well, like I said, we'll get to all the all the comments and stuff in a second. But mm-hmm. just, just not not good effort by the uh, by the uh, the Celtics, I should say. Uh, the Heat was just, and it wasn't just Jimmy Butler, of course. We know Jimmy Butler's been doing his thing, but you know, he only had 16 points. It was Gabe Vincent who had a playoff career high 29. Then, uh, then you had uh, Duncan Robinson who had 22 mm-hmm. off the bench. Uh, for them so it really it was a total team effort there and not outside of jimmy and bam so it, i it, i'm just like flabbergasted at, at this right now but you know just a 
just get games like hammering all over the place. They dominated from the inside and outside. I'm talking about the Heat and mm-hmm. Boston. I guess basically just gave up. I mean, you know, I think both Tatum and Brown were benched. I think all the starting five were benched for the Celtics in like those last like eight minutes. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't the game after the first quarter. Yo, the Heat were only up up eight. It wasn't until the second quarter like things started like you know. Yeah, you know, kind of chasing on. It wasn't until the third quarter where um, they uh, the Heat outscored the Celtics 32 to 17. That was basically it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned throughout this whole playoff run, like, you know, the Miami Heat, they were one of the worst shooting three point shooting teams percentage wise in the league throughout the regular season. They, they had picked it up in the playoffs. They shot a uh, 54% from three last night, 56% overall uh, for the game. On the flip side, Boston, as you mentioned, they weren't aggressive enough to me driving the ball to the basket. They sell for jump shots way too much. They barely shot 39%, 26 from three. And, the, and that's not going to get it done. Like you mentioned, Jason Tatum only had 14 points. Uh, your next uh, highest score was Jalen Brown with 12. But after that, Al Horford, 8. Marcus Smart with 8. Uh, uh, Derek White with 9. Uh, that's just not going to get it done. Yeah, better production from your bench. I know some of that came in garbage time. But your starting five, did they just did not have the energy last night. And I know people want to put some of this blame on the new head coach, Joe Mazzula. Does he deserve some of the blame? Yes. Because I think he fails to make adjustments because they haven't stopped Jimmy Butler and, and they really mostly haven't stopped the role players from the Miami. You mentioned Gabe Vincent had a great game last night. Duncan Robinson finally scored over 10 points uh, in the playoff game. So, and looking at what did we talk about coming into the series? I said my, my couple of keys were offensive rebounding, which the Celtics have uh, dominated in, uh, statistically. But the Heat have been more proactive with the outside shooting more. So, and I said the other uh, other key was points in the paint. Even though the Celtics have a slight advantage in this series in terms of statistics, the, the Miami Heat has really set the tone for points in the paint as well. Right. It's just, you know, it, it's a little bit insane. They're the first eight seed ever to win a playoff game by more than 25 points as the season, of course, began in 84. They also could join a list of two teams that, Last, you know, you know, who ranked last in points per game during the regular season and have reached the NBA Finals. They would join the 1964 Warriors and the 1956 Pistons. So we'll see if they join that group tomorrow. But I, I think for me, if you're the Heat, you want to try to wrap it up tomorrow. You don't want to give mm-hmm. Boston any hope. You know, as as Jimmy Johnson, you know, said you know, when he was coaching the U, he said when they were playing uh, Notre Dame, you know, the first time, they said, you know, what, pour it on them and don't let them up. And I'm sure. Uh, look, I think Eric Spolster is, you know, showing folks that look. I wasn't. He wasn't just. Just so happens that yeah, he had the, Le, you know, LeBron and Wade and Bosch. He actually is a pretty good coach, and he actually is. If I can get the stint up here, he is. He is leading a, a series three zero for the seventh time in his coaching career. That is the fifth most by a head coach in NBA history. So I think for me, I think this whole thing with the Heat is. I think the fact that they've been doing this after you know, come for the play and after what happened, you know, in that first uh, playing against Atlanta that mm-hmm. they could have been eliminated by the Bulls. And it just, it was just like one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, this he act, he's actually pretty solid. I know Tyler Hero being hurt. Um, there was rumors that he, it should the heat advance, he might come back, you know, for the NBA finals. We'll see about that. But I, I just think that, look, it's, it's not, it's not just Butler. You know, it's not just Bam. You got, they're getting like, you know, the supporting cast is getting involved, which is what you want. I mean, Caleb Martin, had 18 off the bench. He was the Mountain mm-hmm. West. I remember him being the Mountain West Conference Player of the Year when he was at Nevada, and you know it was it's interesting that he, he kind of kept you know grinding out. And that was his first. This is his first start. His his first actual uh, play this year. He, he had been you know he mm-hmm. you know, covered from ACL surgery. So 
it's it's definitely definitely a team effort. It's not just Jimmy Butler. I think hopefully this will prove that it's not just Butler and the rest of them. It's actually a total team effort. As we said before in this program, we'll say it again. Um, Heat head coach Eric Spoelstra, you got to give him a whole lot of credit, and they're one of the best defensive uh, coach teams in the league. As we talked about with our guest uh, Mateo um, Mayorga from Five Reasons Sports on our last episode last Friday. Their defense, especially against that high screen role that Boston has been running throughout the whole playoffs, they, he, the Heat's team defense has been excellent. And it's not just Jimmy Butler. Like you said, it, it's Bam. And, and it's Kevin Love. We know that at his age, I'm talking about Kevin Love, that he doesn't have much to give in terms of playing 28, 30 minutes. That's just not him anymore. But he's doing the intangibles, just like everyone else in the supporting guests. He's doing the little things, diving for loose balls, getting that key rebound. Uh, having that key assist, hitting that open shot, hitting the open man. And the, the Miami mm-hmm. Heat, almost like those old Spurs teams from back in the day uh, were doing. And that's why they were winning championships. You know, it's doing the little things right and being precise. And then the Miami Heat are, are a very well-coached team. And, of course, you have to give Eric Spolster a whole lot of credit for that. Absolutely. So, like I said, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, we'll, we'll get to you know, the rest of the stuff here you know, after the break. But it just you know, it's just well, maybe we could get into it. But yeah, I mean, it is amazing what the Heat is doing. Like 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 I said, considering like all the circumstances, all the injuries and such. I mean, there are some people said that maybe Bale should have gotten traded after the trade, you know, during the trade deadline and whatnot. But I think the fact that they're they're together and that they're they're actually been playing this well against some of the top teams. I mean, they knocked out the number one seed in Milwaukee. They knocked out you know they dominated uh, the Knicks. So mm-hmm. I think no one should really be surprised. I know our girl, Lana Tech, we got to get her back on the show at some point. I know she's excited. I know she's, I think, you, know, you get asked a lot of Heat fans, they're even shocked at what they're seeing right now. So, you know, hopefully yeah. keep it up. And look, it's like, like I said, we'll see. I mean, I think this is going to be very interesting, especially since, you know, they've all, they, you know, Bam and, you know, and Jimmy, they've had a taste of the final. So I think they want to mm-hmm. get, especially since it's going to be like the four, these are the same four teams that face each other in the bubble. So, you know, again, it should be interesting, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens. We'll see if we'll see if Boston has some fight left. I mean, I think you know Tatum acted well. I think it was Brown who had like he wanted to go home. So <laughs> you know, I think I think I think I think a lot of it is to blame here. I said I think you know it's not just you know Joe Mazzola. It's not just you know the it's not just you know you know Brown and Tatum. I think it's everybody. There's a lot of blame to go around, and they mm-hmm. they they quit. And look, Magic Johnson's calling them out, and a lot of Boston fans actually agree with him. You know. You know <laughs> agree with magic so you know you know mm-hmm. you know that's not a good thing if you're a celtics fan if you're agree with magic but it well we'll see i mean it'll be interesting though tomorrow oh yeah i was gonna ask you this before we close out our number one if you're head coach joe mazula for the boston celtics what can you do at this point um you're down 3-0 yes the pressure is on miami to sweep you guys from the playoffs it, it, the pressure is going to be on Miami because they're at home. And everybody wants to party and, and mm-hmm. go to the finals. But if you Joe Mazzula, what can you do if you're the Boston Celtics? What motivational tactic can you use? I, I don't know what you know. If I was in his shoes, I wouldn't know what to do. You can tell, yeah, go out and play hard, win one for the team, win one for the franchise, and win one for pride. But outside of that, what can you do at this point? You can't stop Jimmy Butler. You're getting eaten up inside, even though you lead statistically, but. The Miami Heat has imposed their will on you. Uh, what can you do at this point? Just hope Taylor Moore Brown get hot. I mean, maybe maybe Al Horford will find a fountain of view and look like at the, the Horford from the early years. I mean, I don't think there's nothing <laughs> else you can say at this point. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, look, I think if you're in the Heat, you know, you're at home, you want to put this season, the series away and get you a little bit of rest mm-hmm. uh, going into the finals. You have to beat about a week off. So, 
it, like I said, it'll be interesting, but like I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this is going to be very interesting, but yeah, I think what the Heat, you know, they're in a good position, but if you're the Heat, I think you will want to. Well, yeah, the Heat, the other person on them, but yeah, I think the Celtics, you know, for pride, I think pride, I, you know, Celtic pride, as they say, I think that's they, they're not going to want to get swept. So we'll see which 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 Celtics Heat show up tomorrow. But again, we'll we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait and see. But yeah, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you listen to the Monday edition of Second City Sports and Sports on Chicago. We still have the West Conference Finals, uh, Game 3 to review. We may be throwing dirt on that series as well. Plus, we'll get into our tributes to the passing of the uh, football great, the late Jim Brown. Carmelo Anthony has retired. Uh, we'll get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll have Old School TV Monday and a whole lot more. I'm Sid the, T- Sid the Kid. That's Lakina McGee. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid McGee, which is me. That's Lakina McGee, which is she. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me, Kim McGee, on the Twitter and Kim McGee on the IG. And we have less than 57 minutes left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. So if you have any questions or comments, you can go to the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page, or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. As I mentioned before, the break. Oh, and a daily reminder: you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. Now, before the break, Lakina, I suggested that we could throw dirt on the Western Conference Finals series between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Denver Nuggets have survived Game Three. Uh, after a horrible shooting second half, they defeated the Los Angeles Lakers on the road in game three, 119 to 108 to take a commanding three games to none lead in that best of seven series. Yeah, and unfortunately, this was probably a Lakers' best shot again in the game. So the fact that they weren't able to hang on, you know, Murray, you know, hot shooting continues and, you know, Jokas, you know, hot shooting too. I mean, it's just like maybe they were over, maybe the Lakers are overmatched, you know, maybe, I don't know, but they're 0 and 8 when they're down 0 3 uh, in uh, in playoff series. I think what Kobe got swept twice in a couple of finals. I know uh, Magic got swept in that last, um, well, not the last final, but in, in that final against Detroit, the first, you know, back to back for Detroit. I know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so some of the others, you know, that, that, you know, not not a good uh, not a good record if you're uh, the Lakers. You know, the playoffs, you know, being down 0-3. But I mean, like, it, it's just you know, what what can you do at this point? I mean, if you're the Lakers, you'll know, try to get a little bit of effort. I mean, you know, AD goes to you know, as the Lakers, you know, offense goes. I know that uh, LeBron, you know, had at 23 points, but AD had 28. But and I know Austin Reeves did what he could. He was three for five from three. He had 23, but. You know, Delejo Russell, Russell, you know, struggled from the field. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, I think you may have to uh, change the starting lineup there. Get him out of the lineup. Maybe put a Hakimura there. He had 13. I'm had 13. Vanderbilt's mm-hmm. not doing anything. So you may have to make some changes tonight and, you know, change a little bit of that schedule. So, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to say it's out of the question because they haven't won that fourth game yet. But I- I'm sure LeBron wants to kind of have that pride thing and maybe perhaps try to win this game tonight. But look, I'm not gonna seriously say that they don't have a shot, but you know, it's not looking good for them. Yeah, you mentioned Hachimura. Uh, he's been at the, the Lakers second best player in this series next to Anthony Davis. Now, people want to I know it's popular for people to uh hate on Anthony Davis, but he has not been the problem for the Lakers in this series. I know he had a big monster game in game one, scoring 40 points, but Anthony Davis has not been a problem in this series, he hasn't. The Lakers defensively just don't have an answer, not just for Jokic, but they don't have an answer for, for Jamal Murray. And you saw that on Saturday night in game three. Jamal Murray, he struggled just like the rest of the different Nuggets did shooting in that third quarter. But just like in game two, Jamal Murray woke up in the fourth quarter and, and carried the day for the different Nuggets. And it's interesting. I'll go get back to the Lake, the Lakers side of things in just a moment. But isn't we talked about this on Friday with our guests again. It's interesting to me that the Denver's doing all this, and Aaron Gordon has not show, showed up in one game in this series. He only had seven points in game three last Saturday night. No, I mean, like, I think, look, I mean, they haven't really – he's been kind of up and down all season, so it's really not that shocking that they would 
you know, be doing all this without Aaron Gordon shooting. But now, should they, you know, advance to the finals against Miami? I know, I know everybody wants to give uh, Denver the title there, but, you know, <laughs> I, I would implore folks that, you know, the, the Heat have been underestimated all year. So, and they haven't, have, haven't played a defense like the Heat. So I think people need to kind of just slow down on that. And they'll go with the Rangers too, by the way, ABC, if that, if it doesn't be the case. But, you know, look, I think that, mm-hmm. look, I, I think look, it's been like everybody. I know Murray, we know how good Murray is. We know how good Jokic is. Jokic um, has, you know, another record for Jokic, I guess. Uh, he's a second player with uh, with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 800 assists in a single season, including the regular season and the playoffs. He joins the Big O, who did it in 1961 and 62. And also, it's the 27th time the Suns and the Lakers have each made the conference and, uh, the, you know, slash division finals in the same season. So it's only the second time that, that they trailed in those series. Uh, we got to go all the way back to the, to the 50s where uh, – the, the Celtics, uh, the then Syracuse Nationals, who are now uh, Philadelphia, the 76ers. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Minneapolis Lakers, you know, lost to the Fort, Fort Wayne Pits. I think they lost them in six. But, you know, it, it's like I said, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, look, I think Denver's just too good shooting. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you hope that maybe LeBron has like a 40-point in him tonight. And I know uh, 80's got to step up and some of the other guys got to step up too. But, again, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, you know, can the other guys, you know, step up? Can uh, you know, Hachimura, Reeves, you know, Daniels has to have a better game too than he than he had on Saturday. So, I I don't know. I mean, what else what else can you say at this point? Yeah, getting back to the Lakers side of things, you may, I'm glad you brought up D'Angelo Russell, and he's very good as a point guard coming off a pick and roll. But when when teams let him stand out there and shoot outside, I believe it was Game Three uh, when he had the, that hot start against the Warriors. Uh, D'Angelo Russell has been up and down, uh, to say the least, uh, during these playoffs. We all know that D'Angelo Russell is, is not a shooter. You mentioned all, Austin Reeves has has done all that all he could, but we all know that this Lakers team overall is not a great shooting team. They're not a great three point shooting team. And LeBron James, I love him too, but uh, stop taking three point shots in the fourth quarter. You haven't not made not one uh, three point shot uh, in the fourth quarter in this series. I know why he's doing it because his he still has that foot injury that's bothering him and the ankle injury that he suffered at the end of the game, too, is having an effect on him as well. So that's why you don't see him bulldozing to the basket as much as he normally does. So that plays a factor right there. But like you mentioned, Lakin, someone has to step up. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, he had that great game in game four against Golden State. We haven't heard too much from him since. And also, too, like I said, Jerry Vanderbilt, he has to get, get out of that starting lineup. Head coach Darvin Ham for the Lakers, he has to change something because this is it tonight. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Now, on the flip side for Denver, as I mentioned, Eric Gordon, they haven't needed him. Denver hasn't had needed him yet in this series. I think he's due for a big game tonight if they want to close this out. But Michael Porter Jr., 4-10 from three-point range on Saturday night. Uh, uh, he's been 4-10 uh, for three-point range. He, uh, he stepped it up. He had 14 points. And also, too, we talked about it on Friday with our guest, Mateo Mayorga from Fire Reason Sports. Contavious Caldwell Pope. He had a big game um, on Saturday in game three, 17 points, including six to 10 of shooting overall, four or seven from downtown. Absolutely. So, uh, like I said, we'll see what happens uh, tonight. I think, you know, as we go through the schedule uh, for uh, today, this week, this could be keeping it short here. But, uh, mm-hmm. of course, you know, game four, we'll see if, the, if Denver can close it out. They'll be at 730 on ESPN. And we'll see if the Heat can close it out, too, against Boston in game four of their uh, Eastern Conference uh, Finals, uh, 7.30 on TNT tomorrow. And, you know, really, like, all, only if necessary. I mean, if Wednesday, should the Lakers force a game five, that'll be at 7.30 on ESPN. And, uh, again, should the Suns force a game five, it'll be at 7.30 on TNT. So, 
it'll, like I said, it'll all be, you know, keeping it short and sweet, but it could be all, all if necessary games. So we'll see what happens. Okay. You're listening to Second City Sports uh, on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the Living Color Sin. Lakina here with you, hanging out with you, uh, talking NBA. Lakina, before we move on, you talked, we we talked about the Miami Heat during our last break. And it's been a, um, a remarkable run for those guys down there at South Beach. But uh, I know you're on Bulls Twitter way more than I am. <laughs> Uh, I want to say this and get it out of my system. Now, I had this thought in my head this morning. I want to get it out of my system and clear for good. I don't want to hear people say that the Bulls are this close to reaching the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals just because they lost a close game, which the games they should have won in their playing tournament against the Heat. The Heat are a very good team. They're a very well-coached team. I'm not knocking Billy Donovan because I think he's a very good head coach as well, but we all know that the Bulls don't have the roster to compete with the Miami Heat. Uh, they're not – they damn sure not a championship team. They're not even a playoff team on like a year ago. So for those, I'm sure there's one or two of you idiots that think that the Bulls would have made it to at least the Eastern Conference Finals with the Miami Heat are doing right now. Uh, I strongly disagree. Just get over yourselves. I mean, well, who knows what would have happened if, if, if Jimmy had stayed. I think it might have been the best bet for him to leave. I think, you know, his, I don't think his, his game will develop as it is now. I think he needs a good coaching mm-hmm. system there. And I think, look, I mean, he found one in, in its bolster. I know he had a couple other stops on the way, but I think he found a home in Miami. And look, we'll see what happens. But like I said, they, you know, if, if they do make the finals, they it should, uh, and, and should that he win, I think he probably should get the uh, finals MVP. You know, honors, but like I said, it's world, world, still ways to go from that. So we'll see what happens there. As listen, I can see sports on uh, Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Now, some news that came across the wires earlier this morning and about nine, about 8 30 central time here. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, the six time all all NBA and 10 time all star, announced his retirement. You know, you want to uh, you know, look at his video he posts on all his social media. I saw it on Twitter. It's about 90 mm-hmm. seconds. You know, it's a great, you know, kind of like his journey from, you know, you know, his journey from New York, from New York City to uh, played at Syracuse with a national championship, his journey in the NBA. And, you know, I know his son Kai that he has with an uh, ex-wife, Lala. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and he's making way. He's only, I think he's like 15, 14 or 15. He's already making waves too on the basketball court as well. I've seen some, some of his uh, games. So, but yeah, what do you what do you think? Yeah, what what's your best uh, moment from uh, Mr. Anthony? And I and I think I'll get to the whole Hall of Fame stuff in a second. But uh, mm-hmm. go go ahead, you know, tell us about uh, tell everyone that what's your favorite Carl uh, moment and everything else. Uh, of course, uh, during his freshman year in two thousand two, two thousand three in Syracuse, he led the uh, the Orange Men to the national title, giving uh, legendary coach Jim Beheim uh, another national title, the first time in a long time, I believe since nineteen eighty seven. Uh, during that time. Remember, it was him and Dwayne Wade um, in that Final Four in, in New Orleans, along with Kirk Heinrich in, uh, in, in the Kansas Jayhawks. We'll get to those other names in just a moment, which I want to go through uh, that draft class with you and everybody else. But uh, that's a top moment for me. And, of course, uh, uh, he won Rookie of the Year in 2004 over LeBron James as he helped the uh, struggling Denver Nuggets franchise uh, reach the playoffs. Of course, they lost to Kevin Garnett in the – Minnesota Timberwolves in that first round. Because remember, Kevin Garnett, that was the last time he was in the playoff, um, in, the, in the playoffs as a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves before he got traded to Boston um, a few years later. We'll get to Kevin Garnett, too. He made some news over the weekend. We'll get to that later. But as far as Carmelo Anthony's concerned, and uh, winning the rookie of the year, of course, leading Syracuse as a freshman to the national championship, that stands out to me. And, of course, what he did in 2009 playoffs, under head coach George Carl, and he had veteran point guard in Chauncey Bells. You had 
Kenyon Martin from New Jersey, who was acquired over there. And they gave that Lakers team a, one, a run in the Western Conference Finals before bowing out in six. So that uh, that was the best you, you saw in Carmelo Anthony. Of course, you saw what he did in the Olympics during that time as well, giving the USA, I believe, three gold medals. So uh, he's one of the, one of the best scorers uh, in, in his era. You could say he's a poor man's James Worthy or a poor man's Dominique Wilkins that uh, they could score. He wasn't a, a great defender, but uh, he could score with the best of them. And uh, he, he will be a first ballot Hall of Fame. I know you have a little bit more on that. But uh, he when in his prime, when he was healthy, even his first couple of years with the New York Knicks, uh, no one could touch him. He, was, he could drive the ball to the basket. He definitely developed his outside shot. He was unbelievable when he got on the roll. So he's one of the best uh, uh, scorers uh, of his era. He came in the same time as LeBron James, as, uh, as I mentioned. So uh, he's the first Bella Hall of Famer in my book. So salute to Carmelo Anthony on 19 great years in the NBA. Yeah, I know people want to say that, oh, yeah, he's well, he's only been to the, you know, the conference finals maybe like once. He, you know, made the you know conference semifinals, couldn't get over the hump and, you know, all that. But I know people say, oh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, for everything he did at Syracuse, leading them to the national championship when he was a freshman, only he wasn't even 19 yet. Then, mm-hmm. you know, he has three gold medals. That alone will get him in the first ballot Hall of Fame. People need to remember that this is not the NBA Hall of Fame. This is a basketball Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. that stuff alone will get him in as a first ballot in about five years. So I yeah. think you need to kind of get over on, on that. Oh, whether or not he's, a, you know, he's not a first ballot, blah, blah, blah. blah. So people always should not have been, you know, in the, in the top 75, you know, greats in, you know, in NBA history. Look, he deserved to be on that list. So, you know, all y'all who you know, want to, you know, say he shouldn't be on there. But I think considering his accomplishments, mm-hmm. I just mentioned six time all NBA, 10 time all star, ninth all time in, in scoring. Yeah, I don't know what else can you say. I mean, of course, when we're going to the year to 04, but I don't know what else can you, know, can you say about him. But look, I think the guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing what he does. And look, I know he's got a lot of business ventures. And like I guess I know his his son, Kai, is already making waves in the basketball universe. So mm-hmm. it, it's just sort of like it makes you feel old now. Of course, you see you see Bronny, he's going to USC. So you got, you're got you feeling old now. You got to remember that they were like little bitty babies. But now they're, you know, both making ways in, in hoops in their own uh, right. But yeah, I mean, look, I think Carmelo has been, Look, I think Carmelo deserves all the credit. He deserves all of, you know, the flowers that he should be able to, you know, he should receive. And look, like I said, I think he's a first ballot Hall, Hall of Famer. I think we'll see what he does, you know, what he do. I know um, we'll see if he does television, you know, and all that. But, you know, I think he's got, he's he's going to be fine. He's made, what, about 180 million, I think his net mm-hmm. worth is, you know, give or take. So it'll be just see what he does, you know, next. But yeah, I, I think, look, I think let's, let's give him his due. Yeah, too bad the Bulls couldn't do enough to sign and trade for him in the summer of 2014. Of course, that was the summer when LeBron James <laughs> came back to Cleveland. But that's all another story for another time. Like, you know, we talked about uh, uh, which is the best uh, NBA draft class in, uh, in basketball history. We, we talk about the 96 class, of course. Uh, is uh, We talk about the 84 uh, draft class, of course, that included Sam Bowie, Akeem Olajuwon, of course, the great Michael Jordan. But uh, when we talk about the 2003 NBA draft class, which Carmel Anthony was a part of, we talk about the first uh, six picks on that list. Of course, LeBron, Darko Milicic, which who went to the Pistons and won a ring that year. Everybody thought that Joe Dumars was supposed to pick Carmel Anthony. He didn't. He went with Darko. Of course, Carmelo went third. Bosch followed after that. Dwayne Wade was picked two spots ahead of the Chicago Bulls. Of course, Chris Kamey went six to the Clippers. And, of course, Kurt Heinrich, number seven to the Bulls. But – it was a pretty good, uh, 
pretty good players that came out as 03 draft class as well. I won't go through the whole list, but yeah, Nick Collinson, TJ Ford, of course, Luke Rittenauer, um, Marcus Banks. Don't forget about David Riss, who had a, a very good career. Mm-hmm. He got a couple of rings with the Golden State Warriors. Sasa Pavlovich, uh, he was a good role player for LeBron James on that first finals team that he carried to the finals back in 07 when they got swept by the Spurs. Of course, Boris DL had a very good NBA career. Of course, Brian Cook out of Illinois, he was drafted by the Lakers. And, of course, Kendrick Perkins, now ESPN commentator, he was picked later in that round by the Memphis Grizzlies. Remember this name, these last two names, Lakina, that wrapped up the first round of that draft? Leandro Barbosa and Josh Howard. Mm, I wonder where they're at these days. I mean, look, I think, look, that that whole uh, class was, you know, pretty solid. You know, of course, you mm-hmm. had guys that wore rings. You, you know, they ended up wearing, you know, winning rings, you know, won gold medals and, and such. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, you had some, you know, you had some uh, does and some uh, misses, but look, it happens with every round. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, Troy Bell, I remember him from uh, Boston College. That was a, yeah, you know, he did, you know, turn out very well. Uh, Reese Gaines, I remember him from Louisville. I mean, that, you know, he went to Orlando. That didn't, you know, work out very well for him. I think he's still, I think he's still playing like in the G League somewhere. I think he might be playing uh, in Europe. Uh, Dante Jones, of course, you know, from Duke. I mean, Mm-hmm. It, it's like it, a lot of it. You know, Boris Dio, I think has had a pretty decent you know first few years in Atlanta. I mean, I think for but yeah, I think for me, I think look, I think this, this class is definitely up there as one of the best. But you know, Jason Capono, we all saw you know at UCLA, he had like various mm-hmm. injuries and such. You know, unfortunately, Luke Walton. You know, all the other stuff aside. So yeah, I mean, look, it's it's one of those you know those classes where I think. Was it the best? No, but I think look, you saw some really decent, you know, guys that come out of there. Of course, other than Carmelo and LeBron, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, like I said, I mean, you know, it, I'm sure they're going to do a special on this before this year's draft because it's been 20 years now. But exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure some of those guys will probably talk about it and whatnot. But you know, I, I think look, I think that that class they will probably maybe in the last 25 years it's probably going to be up there. It's in the team picture, but I don't think I wouldn't say this is like the best deal class ever. I just don't see. It. Don't see no, that. But like you say, it's, a, it's in a team picture, and I agree with you more. Uh, a few more of the uh, role players that were uh, in this uh, 03 draft class in the second round, Mo Williams, Cal Corbett, Willie Green, now head coach of New Orleans Pelicans, Zaza Pachulia, Keith Bogans, he was the starting two guard on that 2011 Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls team that reached Derrick Rose won MVP, and they lost in the conference finals to Miami. Matt Bonner, mm-hmm. San Antonio uh, famous, James Jones, he was selected by the Pacers, not the GM of the Phoenix Suns. And one more uh, role player, you had uh, Brandon Hunter of the Boston Celtics. He, he was around for a few years. So he has some really good players in both rounds, uh, uh, making a big I- impact in the NBA. Of course, Steve Blake as well, who got drafted high in the second round. Won a national championship with Maryland. But, yeah, yes. I mean, look, it's, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I mean, you know, like I said, this is going to be one of the – probably one of the top draft classes. It's definitely like in the top five or the top ten. Mm-hmm. But as exactly. of being the best, you know, ever, I don't think so because there have been so many other, you know, considering, you know, yeah, some of them, you know, had their accomplishments and stuff. But, yeah, it's, you know, it, like, it, it's up there. But it's in the team picture, but it's, it's not there. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago right here uh, live in the living color on the Monday. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, let's do that hockey. Since we have a few minutes left before uh, the break, of course, uh, the uh, conference finals are taking place. We had another overtime uh, game last night. The Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, take out the Dallas Stars in game two, three to two in overtime. 
yeah, uh, you know, I think they, oh, this has been like a theme for overtime games, I guess. But uh, you know, but in this case, it didn't. You know, it, we didn't get like the four overtimes. We'll get to that uh, game. Uh, you know, two of uh, that um, Florida North Carolina for Florida Carolina series in a second. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it it only took one overtime. It only took what maybe like about like two minutes in. So. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. It only took like what about a minute, a little over a minute and a half. Uh, Chandler uh, Stevenson got that got that winner from from uh, Shea uh, Teodorio. He had the assist there, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, the Golden Knights. I think they're on a mission. I feel like I think they mm-hmm. they realize that this is what their fourth trip to the conference finals, and they only been existing for like not even ten years yet. And like you got a lot of the veteran presence, you know, guys like you know, guys like you know Stevenson and you know. And Jonathan Martins, Martins, Marcel, Marsov, and you know Jack Eichel, of course. And you know, mm-hmm. I think these are kind of like the guys that are sort of you know trying to get it together. And look, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, I mean, look, Dallas had their chances to pull put this game away, and they didn't. So it, it's definitely interesting. I mean, they they were up two one, you know, you know, in the second period, they were able to get that that game mm-hmm. winner or that you know that goal. I mean, I think what uh, Merch Merch Salt uh, had that you know that you know tying goal with like less than two and a half minutes left. So mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, they weren't able to pull it away. I'm talking about the uh, the stars, but you know, look, give this the Knights credit. I think like I, said, I think they're on a mission. I think they want to kind of prove to folks that you know what, yeah, we're we're in it to win it this time. Yeah, Dallas had a uh, had had you mentioned had that chances. They actually landed shots on goal with the 28-24 margin. And they led in a face-off category with 33 mm-hmm. face-offs to 27. But as we mentioned before, Lakina, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, they can score with the best of them, but they're a physical team as well. And they had 31 hits to Dallas's 27 last night. So that I thought that was key. And also, too, uh, with the total penalties. I noticed in all these games, uh, the, the uh, penalties are, are, are way down th- this year. Vegas had three penalties. Dallas only had two. But uh, uh, you Kind of got that feeling last night that Vegas had control of that game. As you mentioned, Dallas tied it late. But you can tell that the Vegas had control at least uh, 80% of that game. And the right team won last night. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think look, we'll just see if you know, they go back to Dallas. So, hopefully, Dallas can kind of, you know, right the ship and, you know, get you know, get it going. So, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, look, I saw this game and, you know, I thought – Oh, oh, well, wait, those are two and a half minutes. Okay. You know, not even a minute in, not even nine seconds in, you know, they, they, they want it. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, oh crap. I just, you know, just turned to it. My goodness. But yeah, going back to that, um, that Carol, go to, you know, Carolina, uh, Florida, uh, matchup from game two. Unfortunately, there was no four overtimes. It only took what, like not even nine, again, not even 90 seconds. You know, uh, Matthew Kachuk, you know, had the, you know, the game winner and he's actually the third player in digital history to score an OT goal each of his first, the first uh, two games of a playoff series, the second to do it on the road. The other other person to do that was Maurice Richard, the Rocket, you know, for the Canadians back in the 1951 semifinals. So Kachuk you know, joins some elite company. I think I think his dad only did it once, I believe. So he's already had his dad. mentioning his dad. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Right, Keith, you know, Keith was a you know, good player. And he's you know, showing a lot of those same like attributes. He's you know, he's not he's not you know you know Keith Keith always looks for a fight. You know, Matt is more kind yeah. of even keel. So you know, he's definitely his dad. That he didn't want to. He said he doesn't want to be like that. His dad in that in that aspect. But you know, but look, I think you know. It's just like again, say that happened in game one. The Hurricanes had their chances to pull away from from this, and yeah, you know, they weren't able to do it. And it, it's still a game at home. And look, I mean, the, I think the Panthers are kind of like you know, they're kind of like they'll hit you in the mouth, and mm-hmm. you know, they were kind of like you know, slugging along, talking about the the Hurricanes. I think that's probably why the Panthers were able to get this game, get the game winner again. 
Yeah, the one key statistic that stood out to me from Saturday night's a loss for Carolina, 0 for 3 on the power play, while Florida was 1 for 3 on the power play, which I thought was a, a huge a, a difference in the game. And also, too, uh, with the shots on goal, Carolina dominated by a, 12, a plus 12 march in 38-26, but like you said, they had their chances. They just couldn't get, get in the back of the net. And give, uh, unfortunately, give Sergey Grabowski the starting goalie for the Florida Panthers credit for that. Mm-hmm. We talked about him throughout these playoffs. He really has been standing on his head, and that's one of the reasons why Florida is at where they're at right now. And also, too, as far as uh, total penalties, both teams had four with eight minutes. Usually, you don't want to be that team that commits a dumb penalty, especially at the crucial time in the game in the playoffs, because everything is magnified five times a million. And so the pen- penalties were a little bit high, but like I mentioned, Florida just cannot. I'm uh, sorry. Carolina just could not take advantage. 0 for 3 on the power play. That's not going to get it done in the playoffs. Uh, yes. Trip Tracy, who uh, does a great job over at uh, Bally Sports. Uh, I think they call it that's you know, Bally Sports South, I believe. That's what they South call East, it. Southeast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Southeast. Uh, thank you. Uh, you, know, you know, does a great job doing the, te- the television uh, analyst for the Hurricanes. I think he even said the same thing. He said, look, you know, over 3 in the power play, you're not going to. You're not going to win those types of games, especially a playoff game, especially when you're trying to you know, even your series. So, again, we'll see what Carolina's mindset is. I mean, you know, they, they played tonight. You can catch uh, game three of that series on TNT at 7 o'clock. I will say this, though, John Cooper, uh, the coach for uh, the Lightning, he actually was pretty good uh, over there with uh, Liam McHugh and then uh, Biz and Oh, Gretzky. See, mm-hmm. Gretzky, it, it's funny because Gretzky said that uh, <laughs> that he was actually about to take a nap and a biz had to wake him <laughs> up because uh, Kachuk had scored, you know, scored pretty quick, so it was actually pretty funny. But, you know, Cooper's actually pretty good on there, and he said, look, I'm not ready to do this just yet. <laughs> I'm ready to do this just yet, but he actually has a second career if he decides to do it, but yeah, I thought that was really good on on uh, on the studio there, but uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm hoping that you know, that Carolina can get it together tonight. I know Borowski, you know, it's, it's going to be tough, but he's mm-hmm. been on his head. He's you know, 34. He's been doing this, but I, I think they, I think they're gonna, I think Carolina's gonna at least win one in Florida. I don't know if they're gonna win both, but I think they won one. They might win this one tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough task for the Carolina to win two in Florida. It's not. I'm not saying it's not impossible, but it's gonna to be tough discussion given the way that Sergey Grabowski has been playing. Now, as far as, far as some of you media uh, sports media critics out there, if John Cooper decided to hang it up right now, I know many of them want him to replace Ryan Gretzky on their TNT <laughs> um, studio. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But I, uh, I'll say this for John Cooper: I know he was fired up. I saw a couple of clips of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of that is that he still wants to. He still wants. He thinks that his team still should be playing. But thanks to the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's not happening this year. So, so that's right. He was extra fired <laughs> up last you. night. So, but like I said, he sounded good in a couple of clips that I saw. You know, and well, and like I said, we'll see what happens with Tampa Bay next year. But as far as this Eastern Conference Final series, I I will say this: Carolina will take one of the next two games. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, all right, after that on Tuesday, tomorrow you got game three of Vegas and Dallas. You know, the series goes to Dallas at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Do you think Dallas can – well, okay, we will say they it might it's, – it it's not hard. They're going to be at home, unlike the Carolina has to go on the road trying to win two. They're going to be mm-hmm. at home. Gonna, I know that crowd's going to be, you know, monstrous. You know, Dallas, Dallas, you know, folks, they know their hockey. They, they have a couple of uh, cups the Stars do. But mm-hmm. do, you think, do you think that, you know, the Stars can even the series against Vegas? Call me crazy, I think they can. I really think that they can, but they, they but they got to start off hot. 
And I think tomorrow night, the first 10 minutes of the game is going to tell you what their what Dallas's energy level has been. It's not like they've been outplayed that much. Like I said, I know right. you, you got that feeling that Vegas controlled most of that game last night. Well, <laughs> it looks like they haven't been dominated that much. And, and, and they've been in, in in both of the first two games of that series. So uh, for, for Dallas, they need to just get off to a strong start and set the tone. Like I said, the first 10 minutes of the first period uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, will tell the story of how this game is going to be dictated. But I'll be the I want to step out. I think Dallas will win their two home games. Like I said, they're in a different spot. Even yes, they're up oh, they're down 0-2-2, oh, two, two, but they're they're coming home. So that should help mm-hmm. them a little bit. So uh, Wednesday's uh, matchup, you know, Carolina, Florida. We'll see where the series is at that point. Seven o'clock again on TNT on Wednesday. And you got, of course, Thursday, uh, Vegas and Dallas. You know, game four of that series coming up mm-hmm. on ESPN at seven o'clock. So and that is your schedule for this week in the NHL playoffs. Last break coming up here on Second City Sports. Uh, the PGA Championship in golf has a new winner. It was too close for comfort for one veteran. But uh, the one that was expected to win one, Lakino will give you an update on that. We had to do a tribute to uh, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Jim Brown, and we'll have Old School TV Monday, plus a whole lot more. I'm Sid the Kid, best Lakino McGee. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Old Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. All right, welcome back to Second City Sports. Can you hear me, Lakina? Yes, I can. Yeah, I accidentally stepped on my headphones, but if I can hear you, you guys can hear me. It's okay. Glad and yell out, yell out any obscenities. I'm glad our mics were muted during, uh, uh, during that break. But anywho, <laughs> welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. This is our last segment of the day right here on Sports on Chicago Live in Living Color. See Lakina here with you. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SID. KID80, that's SID KID80. You follow my Kenny McGee on the Twitter and the Kills go again, the IG. We're in the last uh less than 25 minutes left for this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments in the comment section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube, type in your questions or comments in the comment section. McKenna will get the up on the screen for you. Um, uh, peace and love to uh, Brandon Schultz's family. I know he said in the comments that his grandpa just passed away. So um, myself and Lakina would like to send our condolences to you and your family, uh, Brandon, on the past of your grandfather. So all of us here at Second City Sports and Sports of Chicago would like to send our condolences to you and your family during this uh, challenging time. Now, yeah, Lakina, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, um, well, yeah, Lakina, abs- yeah, absolutely. I know he's been, Brandon's okay. been one of our biggest supporters. So uh, yes. keeping you guys in our thoughts, keeping you and your family in our, in our thoughts, uh, Brandon. All right, let's do that golf. And uh, Brooks Kepka wins his fifth major championship by winning the uh, PGA Championship yesterday uh, in Rochester, New York. He wins by two strokes. Uh, Lakina, I know you watched the majority of that tournament. Uh, he was dominating early on Sunday, but it, it, it came down uh, too close to call. As I mentioned, he won by two strokes. Uh, Victor Hovland, I think Christine and Chris said on Friday that he may have a shot. He almost pulled it off yesterday, but Bruce kept the – Bruce Kepka uh, hung on for the win, winning his yeah, fifth get, major overall. Yeah, I'll get to uh, Mr. Kepka in a second. Yo, Hovland, I mean, he's been he's been in the top ten the last three majors. He was in he was a uh, tie for fourth at the Masters a couple uh, a week a month ago, I should say. And uh, look, mm-hmm. I mean, Victor Hovland had his had his chances when it was kind of a, a constant you know punch counter punch. I mean, you know, he hit a big shot, but then Kepka you know got a, a par saving a hole. You know, you thought that maybe he would you know he you know. Could, could take when Kepka he had an early uh double bogey, but you know, unfortunately, he wasn't able to capitalize on that because he had a, a par. What killed him was uh, I'm talking about Mr. Hava was uh, that shot on 16, that bogey when he was in the bunker and you know, and probably a golfer's worst nightmare. He hit the shot off the bunker and it kind of hit like the edge of it and it went bounce back down. That kind of and of course, um, Kepka was able to uh, actually had a birdie, uh, actually hit a birdie so. Unfortunately for for Hoblin, that kind of did it for him. That that shot at sixteen, so you know he double bogey. You know Kepka got the got the birdie. It was a three shot swing, and you know that kind of did it for uh, Mr. Hoblin. So uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he will win. I think he will win this year. He still got the the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. He actually did well in the Open Championship last year. So I'm interested to see what how his mindset is now. Going back to Kepka, I mean this is his fifth fifth major course. I think this is his third PGA Championship, if I'm not mistaken. And okay. I, I feel, yeah, and I, and I feel like, and he loves playing in New York too. I mean, 
uh, all three, you know, he won at 2018 at 10 o'clock. You know, that was the U.S. Open. Uh, he won at Beth Page. That was a, a, the PGA uh, championship. And then, of course, you know, this one this year over Oak Hill. So, you know, he's been, you know, just a, been amazing. And I, you know, he actually now joins Jack Nicholas and uh, Walter Hagen as the only very only players to win the PGA championship for the third time since 2018. All, you know, since 2018. So, yeah, that's three uh, PGA championships. He, already, he has two U.S. Open. So, you know, the guy's been good. Look, I know people say, you know, the live golf and all that. But, look, this is a guy that had a, ser- a very serious knee injury. Like, his, co- his coach said uh, – uh, said that uh, it could have been career ending. That's how bad that his injury was. He had to go through multiple surgeries. He had to go through rehab. Was gone for like over a year, and now he's been able to – he was in contention at the Masters. Of course, you know, John Ryan held him off. You know, of course, once he, once he got that lead on Sun, uh, early Saturday, late Saturday, just because it was raining and all that other – they stopped playing for a little bit, then they started it started raining again. They actually went in to play through. Once he got the lead, you know, he, was, he wasn't going to let up. He was not going to give up that lead. So, you know, that's how he was able to kind of, you know, get it going there. And, and to his credit, look, he's been – great and um you know it's like you know he fish he, he joins you know tiger you know actually Brooks is actually the second time that he uh has your know, fish runner up in the in the first major of the year and then actually ends up winning the second major of the year so he already done it twice now he did it in 2019 so yeah you gotta give him credit where credit is due I'll, I'll get to uh probably probably the story of the championship in a second but uh uh Sid what did you think about uh Mr. Kepka's performance uh, it, it, it was legendary, like like I mentioned before. It looked uh, shaky for a while, but he did enough just to hang on. Uh, I just had this thought um, um, early this morning, you know, uh, getting prepped for the show. For Kepka, I know, uh, unless you know something I don't know, he's never been known as the choker, unlike Phil Mickelson and some of the other, other golfers that, uh, that that have been in that position. They just couldn't put it away. But like you mentioned with, with uh, Kepka. Uh, he's tied with, you say, with Tiger Woods. Now, you know, we all know whether you love him or hate him. Tiger Woods, whenever he, uh, he has a championship that's on the line, uh, he doesn't just win it. He he puts the nail in the coffin. And uh, that's what Bruce Kepka, Kepka did yesterday. And I'm sure uh, for, for Kepka, he doesn't want to be known as this generation's Phil Mickelson. I know Phil Mickelson has a master's uh, title and a couple others now, but when he was coming up, he was known as the choke artist. I know uh, Brooks didn't want to be known for that yesterday, especially having a big lead like that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I know people, you know, of course, live golf. I mean, that's only, one of the reasons why he, you know, he, he defended his decision to go to live golf tour was because he didn't think he could play a, a full PGA schedule. You know how we know how long the PGA schedule is, tour schedule mm-hmm. is, and live is a little bit lighter. So that's probably one of the reasons why he went with live. You know, po- political stuff aside. But yeah, I think he's showing you why that look. He's a he's a pretty good uh, golfer, so you know that was uh, pretty interesting there. And look, and John right. Rahm, no, go, go ahead, sit. No, no, yeah, I just want to yeah, I just want to ask real quick, uh, what does this do for Live Golf going forward? And now you've seen uh, their golfers winning these PGA uh, major championships. Do you think it's going to change anything soon? I'm not saying uh, things are going to change tomorrow when we wake up, but do you think we're starting to see the small steps of some change? with the PGA Tour, or we'll just have to wait and see what else develops if more well, live golfers win these big tournaments? Well, if they would stop, you know, cutting, doing the high thing, cutting off their uh, their uh, final rounds, you know, midway through a playoff, I mean, after like they did a couple weeks ago in, in Tulsa, you know, that probably would, uh, so you have a bad TV contract with the CW, especially when all this, most of the CW affiliates, the CBS affiliates are kind of cutting away from that. So, 
Maybe yeah. work on your uh, your television uh, contracts there. We'll get to that in a second because there there you know there was some other stuff too. But yeah, look, Ja Rawu tied for 50th at, at seven over. Didn't have his best showing, but he actually showed he's actually a pretty good analyst too. He actually did a little bit of analyst work for a little bit for CBS. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he doesn't want to do it like you're right now. I mean, he wants to wait like 20, 25, or even 30 years. He'll show you playing the champions. Yeah. <laughs> but he was actually pretty good you know, for the first for like, the, like 20 minutes he did it. So that was really nice of him. But, you know, Michael Block, you know, the name doesn't sound familiar. He is a, 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 a true professional. He's a teacher in Temecula, California. And, of course, you know, the, the way it works, they like the top like 80, I think, you know, they start uh, the PGA Championship as mostly professionals and such. Um, he took the crowd by storm. I know uh, SVP during the first round, you know, they talked with him. I thought, oh, this is a pretty cool guy, you know, great personality, you know, very pleasant. Um, you got a lot of charisma. Um, you know, he he actually shot 71, which was actually a really solid. And tie, it was high for 15th. He uh, wins about, I think, like about five, 580 grand. That's probably the most. He only, he only charges one, 125 for uh for his lesson so that's that's definitely gonna and he's got you know one son that's about to go to college and another son that's not too far behind so that should help definitely yeah his <laughs> you know his wife yeah, a little val, bit over half a million dollars yeah that's not yeah. a bad piece of change at all <laughs> yeah his wife val is very like you know she keeps his I, she she keeps his uh his uh his ego in check i think he's gonna he's gonna be just fine he's not gonna get too like big-headed but the yeah. other crowd was very like tiger-esque i mean he hit a uh a hole in one on 16. You know, he was playing with Rory. You know, he kept, you know, he Rory gave him a hug. He didn't know what it, what why Rory was hugging him, but he took it though. But then it wasn't until like he got back, you know, his caddy told him that look, you hit a hole in one. And he mm-hmm. was just, you know, you saw the it was very tiger-esque. I mean, it was like he took it in and such, you know, just a, a great story. He's gonna be playing the char- Charles Schwab uh uh championship uh, coming up next this this weekend. So uh a great story there, and I know. The Kepka story, I know, um, you know, I know people are going to you know, want to talk about that, but Michael Block, I mean, that, that you know, this could be a guy that you might be looking out for in these next few uh, weeks. Yeah, like I said, uh, with the Tigers held uh, in question right now, I know he, he's at home recovering from his last injury, but uh, golf needs some new faces, especially some new young faces. So who, who is going to be? Uh, we'll just have to wait and see who's going to be that Tiger. It's not necessarily the next Tiger Woods, but who's going to be that figure that transcends golf that's going to get the cash will to watch more than just when you're on. Yeah, absolutely. I know he's been, I know uh, Michael's been making the rounds and such of uh, the morning shows and, you know, just, you know, and you saw uh, the, the club in, the, uh, in Temecula, uh, California, everyone was, you know, cheering and such. I know his son has been a little bit under weather. Actually, it was actually his best friend. I think his oldest son, I think, you know, he's been a little bit under weather. That's why he couldn't go with his, you know, with his mom, mm-hmm. you know, and his dad to the, uh, to Oak Hill, but you know, his best friend actually sent him that that shot with at that country club. And it was just a sweet moment too all around. You know, a great a great story, you know, for for golf. And like I said, you know, will he will he made it win a major? No, but he will he will be playing in next year's PGA championship, you know, the top top 15. So you, know, you gotta you know give him props. All right. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakin here with you hanging out on the Monday during our last break of the show for today, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, this is just uh, breaking within the last, I believe, hour or so. According to our good friends, that's uh, all for announcing. I'll just read the headline, Lakina. You can give your commentary if you know anything about this. But ESPN is expected to launch a full direct-to-consumer uh, offering in 2025 or 2026. Consumers could perhaps buy access to ESPN's main linear fee over the top, over the top, as early as 2025, which is two years from now for those who's going at home. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they're going to do that. I know there, you know, some people said that could they spin off, could Disney spin off ESPN and whatnot. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see how the product is going to look. I mean, does that mean that they're going to offer uh, Disney Plus to uh, subscribers and, and whatnot? Uh, again, we'll see. I know uh, Bob Iger, who's a CEO at Disney, I know that he's been very uh, quiet about what they're going to be doing. So, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do here. And, and I think, you know, we'll be interested to see how, how will the product look? I mean, the direct for people who don't know what the heck does that mean, direct you know to consumer. Basically, you know, look, I, look, we're not, we're this is this is CNBC, so you know, <laughs> it, you know, we're not going to going to try, but it'll be interesting to see, like you know, direct consumer, which basically means that you know they're going to have to actually have you know, give you know consumers options to you know kind of you know get to that you know point. I know that Andrew Marshawn uh, first you know, to report us said said and. You know, it's hard to kind of try to read it when they're, you know, but then it, it's going to be interesting to see how will ESPN look. And that, that's going to be kind of like the thing here. Will there be, there's already, you know, talk of layoffs and, you know, this is going to be interesting to see mm -hmm. where, wh how will this, how will the product look in a couple of years? So this is going to be interesting. And, and so will it be, will it be offered as a separate entity? Will it be kind of be like on their own? So that, that's going to be like the thing that's going to be the million dollar question here. And don't forget to ESPN is preparing to negotiate with the NBA uh, in, when uh, the NBA's national TV uh, deal ends in the, after the 2024-25 season. So they can prepare for that as well. So, yeah. So basically what it said, you know, and, and, uh, Disney Plus has over 25 million uh, per subscribers. So, mm -hmm. you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, you guys see NBA will probably be in that platform. And so will uh, Monday Night Football. So basically – you know, it's not, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, I, I think that maybe, you know, be prepared of the, how they're going to be able to package this. So we'll see. All right. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. See you, Lakina, uh, hanging out here with you on the Monday. We have a few minutes left uh, before we get to Old School TV Monday. This news actually broke after we got off the air on Friday. Of course, we're talking about uh, James Nathaniel Brown, a.k.a. Jim Brown, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. He passed away uh, last Friday at the age of 87. Uh, he was an American football running back, civil rights activist, and actor. He played for the Cleveland Browns of the National Football League from 1957 through 1965. He's considered to be one of the greatest running backs of all time, as well as one of the greatest players in NFL history. Brown was a pro brawl invitee every season he was in the league. He was recognized as an Associated Press NFL's most valuable player three times and won an NFL championship with the Cleveland Browns in 1964. He led the league in Russia in eight of his nine out of his nine seasons played. And by the time he retired, he held most of the rushing uh, records in the NFL. In 2002, he was named by the Sporting News as the greatest professional player, uh, football player ever. Lakina, we talked about this uh, before we, uh, we went on live today. Of course, I know some people are trying to uh, bring up his past. And uh, and if you were if, if he was playing in today's society, especially with social media uh, dominating our world today, uh, he would have been canceled. Of course, he has some issues with uh, domestic violence and, and whatnot. But he cleaned up his ad. He did. He's best known as far as our generation is concerned, Lakina. He's best known. We know. Of course, we didn't watch him play. We saw him on, on highlight tapes, but. He's best known for uh, doing work in the community, especially in the African-American community, um, um, 
uh, in uh, working with kids, getting them out of gangs, setting them up with jobs, and helping them um, uh, at troubled youth and getting them back on the right path. Uh, his impact was made more in doing that than he did. Uh, no disrespect to his football career, he was a great athlete, no doubt. But his greatest impact on what he did uh, off the field, of course, he was part of that uh, a black athlete summit uh, in Cleveland, I believe it was in 1965 66, of course. Lou Alcender, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was part of that as well. Bill, the late Bill Russell now was part of that. So his greatest impact, in my opinion, was more what he did off the field than what he did on it. Yeah, you know, did some great activism work and such. So, you know, and, and look, I, I think I know people want to, I know I saw, you know, some of our friends kind of bring up, oh, look, he, look, he did this and this and this. You know, they, I mean, look, I think if we – no one's perfect, and I think you can kind of have to separate, you know, the playing field from off the field. Mm-hmm. Make sure as we said it before we started, Phil, uh, you know, doing this. I mean, make sure uh, your or your nose is clean and your pass is clean before you start, t- you know, throwing stones at someone else. So I think people need to kind of just um, chill on on that. Not to say that it's not part of his legacy, but mm-hmm. I think you know to have it say, oh well, he did this, and this, and this. Oh, okay, you know, we're not. We we get it, but we're talking about his stuff off the on the field and perhaps maybe yeah. active his work. So I think people need to kind of just you know build on that. Now he led uh, four sports that's while he was at Syracuse: football, lacrosse, basketball, and track. And you know it, it's it, like it, it's kind of interesting that you know he you know, he was a place kicker during one game against Colgate back in '56. I mean some of the other things that he's done. I mean like on the field is you know is is amazing and. Look, we saw Walter Payton break his well his rushing record. He had eight rushing titles, you know, mm-hmm. five straight. You know, both uh, all time still uh, was inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1971. I mean, look, you got look. His attributes are his physical, you know, accomplishments. His athletic accomplishments are, you know, totally, you know, all that. So the the stuff with the domestic violence, I think, look, yeah, yeah, you can mention it, but to me, that that's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And I think think people need to kind of just separate that. I know people are just so quick to cancel posts, like, oh, this guy said this, or you know, this person did that. I mean, I think people need to just so, take a chill pill and just say, look, they're not perfect. We're not going to put these people on a pedestal. Like I said, make sure mm-hmm. your family, your your family stuff is clean before you start throwing stuff at somebody else, and you know, and just you know, leave it at that. But I mean, I could kind of, I could separate the playing, you know, Jim Brown from the other stuff, but you know, I don't know how you feel about it, Sid, but yeah, that's kind of how my mindset is. Yeah, I agree with you with a uh, nine out of uh, nine ninety percent of that as well. And I know some people can't separate that, but you, you know, he he uh, he, he did more good than bad, and uh, he impacted people's lives. And is that what you want people to do with that kind of platform? He did just that. I remember him not just as an activist, but also he he did great in Hollywood too. That's one of the reasons why he quit football as well because uh, he was making an impact in Hollywood as well. And one of the first movies that I saw growing up, you know, I know I'm we're telling our ages, but I'll speak for myself. Blockbuster Video. This movie came out, I believe, in 1995, 1996. Remember the original Gangsters with him, Fred the Hammer Williamson, Pam Greer, uh-huh. and yep. the actor what's his name, Christopher um, Duncan. He played Broham yep. on the Jamie Foxx show. He was yep. in it as well as the rival play one of the rival gangs. And, and then Jim Brown, his crew, Fred Hammer Wins and Penny Grimm went to take his game out. That was one of the first movies that I saw Jim Brown in. I knew who he was by that point, but you, know, you could tell that he was a very good actor. I'm not saying he was like Denzel Washington or anything like that, but you could tell that with his demeanor and his presence, he made a big impact in the in the world of Hollywood as well. 
Yeah, absolutely, all around. So uh, we salute um, you know the, the 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 late great all time great Jim Brown here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, with you now is that time set for uh, old school TV Monday. Where are we going this week? Uh, I think this is uh, call me crazy, but perfect timing. But we're going to do it out of fun, out of respect as well. Let's go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and pay a visit to the first community church. Yes, I'm talking about the NBC sitcom, Amen. <laughs> I think you remember that one, right, Lakina? I can't, I can't say the other theme song, but... Uh... Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, <laughs> same here. For those of you that want to check it out, go to YouTube. Um, Amen is an American sitcom that was produced by Carson Productions that aired on NBC from 1986 to May of 1991. Set in Sherman Hemsley's real-life hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Amen uh, starred Hemsley as, uh, as Deacon... Uh, Ernest Fry of a church that was part of a wave of successful sitcoms on NBC in the 1980s and early 1990s that, that featured primarily uh, a black cast. Uh, the other shows were The Cosby Show, Different World, and The Fresh, Friend, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in 227. The premise of the show was uh, was was resolved around Ernest Fry, a widower deacon of the First Community Church of Philadelphia, who also worked as a lawyer. He was often dishonest and frequently uh, got into trouble with the men of his harebrained schemes. Brian had a single daughter named Thelma. Roman Gregory is the new young pastor of the church played by uh, Clifton Davis and also the, the object of Thelma's affection. The two get married during season four, despite the fact that Gregory Fry often butted heads. In the series finale, Thelma gave birth to the couple's first child. Yeah, it was a great uh, ending for that uh, that series. You probably could say they could have wished they could have, uh, you know, maybe added another season. But I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think the uh, the, the cat. I know uh, Sherman Hensley said this years ago. I think that you know, they were ready to end things and you know and all that. So yeah, I think you know everyone was ready to move on. So you know, it was one of those you know shows that it just it just you know great you know kind of gave you that, that side to the, the the church and whatnot. So I thought that was a really cool uh, way to kind of you know, salute to that. But. Uh, I'm, I'm look. I mean, you know, it was a great. It was part of that Saturday Night lineup for like the, the last four years, I think, for on NBC. That was this was actually back when, um, when like NBC. Well, all networks actually cared about Saturday uh, night uh, scripted shows. I mean, you know, way back yeah. when. Oh, you know, we talked about it uh, earlier, but you know, yeah, I think look, it was a it was a hilarious show. The premise was funny. I think it kind of gave it kind of gave folks sort of like a not a good impression of of, of uh, Deacon, but. Because but, yeah. you know it is what it, it is what it is, but you know, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it was great. You know, I, I love uh, the cast. The cast was, um, you know, was terrific. Um, you know, it had uh, you had Roz Ryan, you had Barbara Mon- Montgomery who played the sisters, mm-hmm. and I think I think Barbara left. I think after uh, the fourth season, I want to say. Yes, she did. Ron, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and Roz Ryan. I think you know, that was kind of like a missing element there. But are they both? I think they're both still with us, aren't they? I thought. You know, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's sort of like you know, you know, Clifton Davis, you know, came from the came from Broadway. You know, he did a lot of theater mm-hmm. stuff. Of course, he did, that's my mama back in the seventies. But this is like yes. actually. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just you know, I'm not that old, folks, but I know. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, he he struck gold here with uh, you know, him and uh, he, he and uh, Sherman had a nice rapport, so they kind of they did butt heads a lot. Of course, you know, you know, you know, Ruru Gregory kind of you know, moved in, you know, and such. You saw him the pilot, and you know, the mm-hmm. Deacon, you know, they kind of butted heads a lot. It was hilarious, but you know, just you know, Jester Harrison, who of course we all you know know from, um, of course he played uh, uh Miss uh, Mama Winslow's uh, husband on. 
the show uh, on Family Matters too. She actually, I think she too actually mm-hmm. made a couple, a few appearances on the show as yes, well. Yes, the late Rosetta Lenore. Yeah, um, she did it for a couple of seasons. Yep. Right, and also see, of course, your Harris. I think you know, played uh, Raleigh, who was just hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Bubba Robinson had a recurring role as Clarence, of course. Who yes, was he did. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Trouble Youth, uh, of course. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for. Uh, for like you know some of the that's sort of like the main uh crew cast or crew I mean like they it was actually a top twenty uh series I think it was like a top it was top three which was still a big deal you know back then of course people started getting cable and, and such but mm-hmm. you know it was hilarious I mean they they talked about you know stuff with the, with the choir competitions those are pretty funny episodes and you know some of the other the Anne Maria Anne and a lot of you know, other television shows you know since uh, Amen ended. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's still, you can still stream it on, it's on Cozy TV if you have that. On yes, your, it's on at 2 o'clock uh, a.m. Chicago time. Yeah, but I think it's also, I think it's streaming on, uh, what's it streaming on? Good grief. Uh, give me a second here. I think it's streaming mm-hmm. on, um, hold on, kids. Uh, I know on Amazon Prime, I think it's streaming on there. I think it might be streaming on Pluto TV, I'm not sure, but... Um, uh, but yeah, it's still, it's, it, I think, oh yeah, it's, it's on Pluto TV. As I think it's part of like that, that black, uh, comment, that black sitcom, I think like channel that they mm-hmm. have on Pluto television. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, a lot of the episodes are YouTube. So if you don't have either one of ask to see the one of those, they're on YouTube, but yeah, it was, it was you know, good, clean, fun. It was a great, uh, sitcom and I, and I, and I, and I loved every minute of it. So I, I thought it was great. Yeah, so I didn't appreciate those episodes until they were in reruns in the 90s. My late mother, she was, uh, no pun intended, she was re- uh, very li- religious uh, watching that show. I knew who Sherman Hensley was at that time. And uh, 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 when I was little, when that series first aired on NBC, the only thing I loved about that show, I'm not saying I hated the rest of it because it wasn't true, but I love that open. And yes, I, I love that open because you didn't see an open like that to any sitcom like that. You haven't seen any open like that for a sitcom ever since I know they don't do sitcoms like that anymore. But uh, uh, when, when he came out of his car, a reserved spot for the mm-hmm. Deacon, and he went and yep. did the uh, jumping rope with the, the kids, double, and then the, kids, yeah, the yeah. double dutch with the kids, and then he yeah. greeted his, uh, his, his members, and then he, he did the George Jefferson strut inside the church, yeah, and course. then they had the aerial yeah. shot, except for the pilot episode. Uh, uh, all the other episodes, they had the aerial shot of, of that church uh, in Philadelphia. Yes. And then, like you said, that theme song, I, I had to uh, listen to it again by like five, six times last night. Uh, it, I said, that theme song uh, uh, gets you fired up. And and the, sh- it, the opening theme was Shine On Me by Vanessa Bell Armstrong. Call me crazy, Lakina, but she kind of sounds like the late, great uh, Vesta Williams on that. If Vesta would have done that, whoo! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that charted. I think too that that song did. I think it charted. I think in the top uh, forty or at least at the top like a hundred. So yeah, I think it made a Billboard one hundred. So uh, you know, actually, it was a pretty memorable uh, theme song. And and, and look, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you were more a big you know church person, which I'm not, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I this, but yeah, I think it made you like, okay, yeah, it's pretty funny that this happens kind of behind the scenes at the inner city church. It was actually yeah. pretty funny, but. You know, it is what it is. I mean, look, they did they did cover various issues and such, you know, but they kept it mostly like all sitcoms, they kept it fun, they kept it light and you know, not yeah. not kind of you know ripped off the laugh. So it was actually pretty fun. It ran for five seasons with a total of 110 episodes, and some of the uh, guest stars, including uh Cuba Gooden Jr., MC Hammer as the bootlegger preacher, and yeah. uh the late great James Brown uh doing that episode when they were trying to raise money for the church. Now James yeah. Brown did yeah. lip sync that song, but 
that dancing he did was for real. <laughs> you can catch right. that clip on YouTube. <laughs> right, exactly. You can catch that episode two on on YouTube. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, like I said, you, you can catch like so you catch it on uh, Amazon Prime. It's on Cozy TV. Um, I know it's on, I think it's on Pluto TV too. I believe that I've seen, I've seen it on there. I know I have. So yeah, I think, mm -hmm. look, it was, like I said, you know, a good deal. Sitcom. Like I said, if, you, if you, if you're not a big, you know, if you're not very religious, you, you, you'll like the sitcom, you know, make sure you guys check that out. And it's just, I remember that episode with, uh, with uh, MC Hammer. That was actually pretty funny. He actually, actually played his hit song. Uh, not, not, you can't touch, but it was another song that he played at the end of the I think it was Pray. Yeah. You know, right. he, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. You, you know, he's sitting to the remix of that song. He sampled that from Princess When Doves Cry. That version yeah. I liked. And yeah. of course, so, if yeah, you remember that music video, that was very mm -hmm. impactful as well. The message he was trying to carry out that, that at that time. So we, yeah, so we salute our old school TV money, the, the uh, 1980s uh, NBC sitcom. Amen. McKenna closes out. You follow McKenna McGee on the Twitter and it from again on IG. Shout out to you, Lamont Scott. We saw your comments in the chat. Uh, thank you also for supporting us all the way. You can follow yours truly, Cindy Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R -R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We're available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R -R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And don't forget, you can catch Second City Sports live in the 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as the kids would say. You can catch Second City Sports live in the 11 color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And you can catch us uh, Sports on Chicago and Second City Sports anytime you want on Roku TV. Just go to uh, Roku TV uh, on your app or on your, your your Play Store on Roku TV. Just you know, type in Sports on Chicago. It's all right there for you. Uh, our show, Sean and Maya, the Smoke mm -hmm. Fellas. What's up, cuz? We just see what uh, Vernon and uh, Joe, uh, uh, Jason are going to be up to tonight. I know they're going to be talking on NBA. So definitely check them out tonight at six or anytime you want on Roku TV. Yeah, like you know, I think I'll I'll be like Commissioner Adam Silver. Of course, you know the NBA Finals will start next Thursday. It looks like we won't have any live basketball for Memorial Day weekend. I guess I'll pull out my old DVDs and search for old games here on YouTube because that's all I'll be doing for the next week or so. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. yeah. Look, I've been watching old uh old uh, NBA Finals. I actually been watching some Stanley Cup Finals too. I mean, I'm, I'm on. I'm on 1984, uh, the start where uh, the Oilers played the uh, the Islanders, their, ending their dynasty mm -hmm. and their dynasty beginning with a very young uh, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, you know, a lot, Mar Marty McSorley. Well, not McSorley wasn't on that team yet, but you know, I know Grant Fuhrer. Yeah, but he whatever he did that that game because he, he did not start. Uh, Arthur Moog uh, started actually started that's right. that. Yeah, game. that's right. Yeah, uh, remember? <laughs> yeah. So I'm on that now, but yeah, I I I would do all the uh, well, I skip most of the uh, the the. The Montreal Canadiens uh, ones, I feel like the last three. <laughs> so many. But yeah, you know, the 78 you know, Canadiens against the Bruins. You remember that that the conf the Eastern Conference Finals. You remember too many mm -hmm. men on the on the ice. Remember that? Oh, the late great Don Cherry. <laughs> boy, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before that was before he was actually uh, wearing like muted clothes, normal. Yeah. <laughs> the white Morris Day. 
pretty much. But yeah, that's what I'm looking at too. So yeah, so it looks like we may be. Uh, so yeah, so I, I've watched all the uh, uh, NBA uh, finals. So you guys can check that out on YouTube. They all it's all right there. All right, Lakina, we out. All right. All right. Okay. First, said I'm the Enjoy the weather. You know, no, don't do anything stupid, folks. You know, wash <laughs> your hands and uh, be good to each other. This is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. We'll see you Friday. Shine on me. Shine on me. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>